get those wagons, wagons rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Ready? What? You stopped. Stopped what? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Go. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them wagons rolling. Rawhide. I can't, I can't do rawhide like you. Really? No. I love rawhide. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. And there it is, and the green flag sends them on their way. Is that we have a new leader, uh, Ralph Earnhardt in car number 50 in the lead. Ralph Earnhardt in car number 50 in the lead. We've been informed that there has been a protest that has been lodged against Leroy Yarbrough. So let's go down to Chris Economaki and get the story. Well, uh, how do you feel about winning one this way, Ralph? Well, I'd rather outrun him, but uh, we wasn't allowed the wheels, and since he's running the wheels, he's illegal, I guess. Well, a possible winner is Ralph Earnhardt. Now, now back to you. Back to you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dale Jr. Download. It's Dale Jr. Back again for another episode, episode 313. Mm. Co-host Mike Davis. Matthew Dillner, Leah Baum. Let's get the show started. I got some uh I got some pretty cool news today. Oh. Um or the other day. Uh I don't know if it's open segment worthy, but um at Dover, so uh throughout the re- throughout the year at NBC, they like to give uh each of us a little bit of time off. We don't have to do every race. Obviously I don't do every Xfinity race, and you'll notice at Dover in the second Xfinity race. Rick took off, and Steve mm-hmm. Latart was the host. Well, Richmond weekend, apparently they're wanting me to host one of the Xfinity races. Oh, like the the play-by-play, yeah. like the lead Welcome guy? Welcome to Richmond Raceway. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, watch out now, I'm Chris ex- Economaki. Here we go. <laughs> I'm pumped. Ken's I'm excited. Quiet. I've gotten to do just a little bit of that, uh, When and and I guess I'll kind of do some sort of, sort of do that job. This weekend, we'll do a segment with me, Dale Jarrett, and Kyle Petty mm-hmm. during the race. And so uh, I, I'm sort of the host there, but it's uh, it's it's uh, going to be pretty fun trying to uh, navigate that. Latart is going to give me some notes. Rick Allen's going to give me a lot of notes. I'm going to watch a lot of races and uh, sort of try to understand how to bring us in and out of commercial. It's you know people really don't understand mm. how difficult and hard and nerve wracking that part of it is. See, I can just react to the racing. Uh, as an analyst and go oh look at that but rick allen's got to introduce like the guy that sings the national anthem and you know what i mean <laughs> right and, uh, he's got to th- he's got to take us to the command like for the start your engines they'll be like all right rick you got 10 seconds till the command and he's got to say something right he's got to boof off the top of his head for 10 seconds yeah. just whatever and then go all right let's get down to the command right you know, and it and he does it so effortlessly that we take for granted, I think how how it's a, it's how a craft hard that is. It's a craft. It's a talent, and not a, not many people can do it. I mean, because no. you're talk, you're still talking, and then you got people in your ear telling you where you're going to go next while you're still finishing your thought. I could not do it. Yeah, that's it, multitasking on a level that I have no idea how you do that. It's yeah. it's amazing. And now you're done. You're going to do it. So we've been we've we've done the drivers booth at New, uh, New Hampshire um, 
a couple times where it was me oh, and yeah. Tart and Burton. Right. And in those races, when Rick's not there, you really learn that Rick, how Rick is the most valuable part of the team. Mm. He is the most valuable part of the team, and it's going to be fun trying to do that. And uh, hopefully I don't do too terribly bad. <laughs> and that's at Richmond, you said? Richmond. All oh, right. Oh, Richmond. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. Next week. So I'm already nervous. Wow. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I've always wanted to do this so badly uh, for like six years, probably more than that. I've wanted to sell uh, start an eBay store. <laughs> so I have a lot of things that I've accumulated over the years laying around mm. literally, like I told you, um, uh, just stuff laying around. So um, I, RC cars, all right, got piles of that stuff mm-hmm. um, that I, I'm never going to mess with. Brand new motors, uh, gas-powered engines in blocks, I mean in, in, in boxes, not even... Used, brand new. Uh, bodies, Lexan bodies, now and yeah. I are never painted. Old stuff. Oh, really? Uh, I've got uh, model rockets and stuff that kind of shoot up in the air. Uh, I was into that for a little, you know, like a couple months and bought a bunch of stuff and never, you know, they're brand new. Um, I got, so I used to have a, like a little fun par three golf course on my property, just a little cheapy, crappy one that I never used. And so we had cups and flag sticks and all that stuff, and it comes in a kit, in a box, sitting around, laying around, never going to touch it, never going to mess with it. So the randomest things, old helmets, racing helmets, right? We, we used to have go-karts that we had people come ride over to property. Mm-hmm. And there's all these helmets laying around, just laying around, right? Somebody might give me a couple bucks for them. <laughs> so you're going to start a store? I'm going to start a store. Man, I, nice. part of me thought you already had one, but uh, I guess not. You just do I've, all the buying. You, you buy. You, well, you, I have. I did buy. I do buy, and uh, I did buy. I did sell a lot of stuff with that account, uh, but it was like cycling stuff. I'd bought a bunch of cycling stuff that I didn't need. Yeah. Oh. So I sold a bunch of cycling stuff, which was nice because I got kind of got some of my money back. But um, yeah, I'm gonna try. I've been wanting to start a store, but I needed a partner because I need somebody that can list. Search for the price, sort of di- understand what the price point is for each item, get a little bit of history and put the post up and all that, right? And help with shipping. Mm-hmm. So basically, I've thought, I think that this might be a good idea, all right? I'm going to get a partner and I'll do, I'll pro- provide the item and the partner can take 30% or 25%. And Mike... You have a new job. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was going to say, I hope you don't think the partner's at the table here. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I'm, 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 I think I've got my partner, but I, what do y'all think? Does that sound like a reasonable deal? 30% is 30%, great. 30%, yeah. I'd, because, I'd put my hat in for 25%. That. <laughs> well, hold on. You're already negotiating against them. Yeah. Do you even know who this person might be? I know. Just, okay. I'm just saying. If you That's say Give them a cut. Okay, yeah. Got to give them a cut. Yeah. yeah, because it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot of the legwork. Yes, and, the, and, and then, the then you get rid of your stuff, so you, it's a win-win. Your yeah. value here is that the things are yours. Yeah. The value for them is they get to do the work and then they get a cut of it. That's fair. My property and uh, the, the accumulation makes me feel like that I basically have a hoarding issue. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. yeah. So You're I need, close. Yeah, I'm very close, close to it. A hoarding uh, scenario going on there. The difference is the difference is, is the, the, the hoarding scenario that you've got going on, a lot of them are really 
super cool stuff. Yes. Like, you know, hoarders are well, I, uh, you know, saving the box of macaroni hoard, and cheese from 1960. Stuff, <laughs> I'm, it's feeling some of these, all this crap, like stuff, right? It's just junk to me. And it is. It's old stuff laying around. A lot of it's a decade or more older uh, thing, you know, RC stuff that I'm never going to use. Model cars that I bought that I'm never going to put together. When I'm gone, I don't want Amy or Isla have to fool with it. Garbage it. You know, it's just not going to mean nothing Plus, it's to still them. relevant now, so why might not get rid of it so yeah. somebody can use it. So I'm going to start a store and offload some of this stuff. I like it. Because I'm feeling some anxiety, like it's a ball and chain weighing me down. All the stuff that you have? Yeah, I'm there pinned to this sort of geographical location due to the junk that's accumulated in that space. <laughs> Maybe you well, are a hoarder. Like you... By definition, hoarders, are, you know, it affects your life in, in, in <laughs> negative ways. Maybe you yeah. are actually hoarding. I think so. Just think, when you clean your house, how good it feels when you sit there and you're like, look around. And yeah. So that'll be the same for you, probably. So, so I don't know much about what it, it means to be a store owner on eBay. So I don't either. Okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask. Had you. A, I've had a handle. I got that do I've it. had a handle on eBay, and I've listed and sold an item, and the person bought it without complaint, and apparently has it. Right. Mm. I've done that. Opening a uh, having a store on eBay is a little is the ne- like the next step. Okay. Know? Like you 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 literally have a store that's got a name, mm-hmm. like um you know whatever you want to name it, but Dale's Crap Shack. It's, yeah. Whatever. I thought about doing that. I'm really close. I've been wanting to do it a long time because the stuff just, I hate stuff laying around. I got this one shelf uh, from, from that goes to the ceiling of RC car stuff that's old. I mean, cars that are, that are still in the box that I never built, like gas. We, had, we were into gas-powered four-wheel drive stuff. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, a couple hundred bucks is what I pay for that stuff. I'd like to get, you know, at least 50% of my money back. Did you say that you yeah. had... Like model They're kits. Is, yeah, model is, kit. is there is there like value from a uh, uh, not what am I trying to say? They're old. Yeah, like they're from the sixties. And if 70s. they're still in the package, yeah, they're still wrapped. Yeah, those like people that would buy that have no intention of actually building it. They want right. to keep it like that. They're yeah. like baseball. That's cards why or I bought it. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I bet you do them. have some cool ones in. I bought them as in a collecting motive. Gotcha. And now I'm like, hmm, I feel like they are tying me down to what scale? This, huh? What scale? Uh, model car, whatever they're what what scale is a model? Like like no, the RC stuff though. Oh, all different types. Ten scale, eight scale, twelve scale, uh, quarter scale, okay. any scale you like. I got all. You know what? I got some stuff that you guys run. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people will be interested in buying it then. Well, I'll uh, show you my eBay handle when I get in the <laughs> store going. <laughs> Right, you know, I got a lot of nitro gas stuff, but I got do got some battery stuff. Too. Nitro. Leah likes. Nitro. Oh man, I don't know, man. It's got a bunch of junk laying around. Yeah, well, I don't like it. Well, I hear you. I bet your wife doesn't like it either. She yeah. didn't see it. Okay. Oh. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about these playoffs. Uh, Cup Series obviously ended the regular season in Daytona. Going in the Cup playoffs, who do you think is going to win the championship, Mike? Let's not go with the obvious. Why? Because that's boring. Oh come on. Uh, I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win. It's not boring. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win it. I already know. It's it's gonna be Logano. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be Logano. That's my. I think Harvick edges out Hamlin. For some reason, I think you know. No, this has been sort of Denny's by far. This has been Denny's best, best year, year ever, um, and I think he comes very close. I just don't know if it happens for him. For some reason, I feel like I get this weird feeling that Harvick's gonna because Harvick's tied Kyle and wins more than likely going to finish this season ahead of Kyle and wins, and I think that he gets his second title. Uh, this has kind of been Harvick quietly asserting himself as. Um, you know, one of the greatest. Yeah, and he's certainly the favorite. And I tell you what, that championship race at Phoenix couldn't set up any better for him if yes. he's in that final right. four because that mm-hmm. is his track. Yes. Boy, I'm telling you, he mows him down there. Who's the dark horse? Well, gosh, I mean, listen, you, you could make an argument that any dark horse is anybody not named Harvick or Hamlin, frankly. But uh, uh, I don't know. Who do you think? I mean, so here's who you got in your in – your, uh, yeah, the Harvick, guys that Hamlin. aren't highlighted there are non-winners. Right. So the winners are Harvick, Hamlin, Kozlowski, Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron now, after uh, this past weekend, Austin Dillon, and Cole Custer. And then 12th through 16 is Amarola, Boyer, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, and then in 16 is Benedetto. Yeah. I think Ryan Blaney may be the dark horse for mm, me. There you go. He's, I mean, the guy's got a legitimate you know, shot at it. Well, I tell you what, um, I'm looking at these, la- like like the tracks that you go, the last four, Kansas, Texas, Martinsville, Phoenix. Yeah, what about? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see if those tracks <clears throat> set up, like are, are, are any of these you drivers are known for to, their success there. Well, you just got to get in. It's just get, t- it's just tough for those guys at the back there to, you I know, think their, uh, their uh, Blaney's got a pretty that. reasonable track record at Phoenix. Is Kyle Busch I don't know about a, his is Kyle Busch a dark horse? Qualified well. Is who? Is Kyle Busch a dark horse no. since he hasn't won I this year? He's not so, the dark horse. He's he, not. He just, doesn't qualify as a dark horse for okay. me because he's he's they, defending champion. Yeah. Um, who are the four drivers that don't make it out of round one? Ooh, that's a good question, Mike. De Benedetto. Two, oh, three more. I, um, I disagree. I know you do, but uh, I'm going to say you know what? It's uh, Cole Custer. Okay. Austin Dillon. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a good one this Do year. Do want to say Kurt? I don't know. I, th- I, don't I like know. I think Kurt, he's man. It's pretty solid. I'll say Dylan, Custer, Boyer, and DiBenedetto. Mm. Boyer, damn. Um, um, it felt wrong when I said it. <laughs> Boyer's tough when there's two short tracks in there to count out. So Somebody, you know, somebody has to miss. Um, so this is, you know, these, I remember this when I was a driver, people, these drivers take such an offense to this I know. <laughs> when you, when you're like, Oh, first, round, that's why, first that's round? why, that's oh. why you had me do it. Didn't, didn't it? Well, yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. Let's hear oh, it. Really? Okay. Who's not making it. Who's not making the fir- uh, the, through the first round, Austin, Dylan, Cole Custer, 
and Kurt Busch and Clint. So I think the same except for Matt. Right. You, you're saying De Benedetto will make it. Yeah, um, I think for some reason I feel like he might. Kurt I, won't. I might be wrong about that. I don't know. It's I'm, tough. What what I guess the last question before we wrap that up is who's the who's one of the top guys you think's vulnerable of missing the you know to getting knocked out in the first round? Oh yeah. Well, give, give me a guy maybe. Uh, give me a guy in the top eight. Let's go that. Let's go even harder. Top seven: Ryan Blaney, mm-hmm. Martin Tricks Jr., Chase Elliott, Joe Logano, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick. Which one of those is most vulnerable to missing the first round? I think it's easily Joey Logano only because it's two short tracks and he's had a target on his back yeah. from some, even though he's my championship These drivers pick. don't run into each other. Well, These drivers don't target each other. They, sh- they should. Well, they don't. I know. So, blows but that theory could out be. of the water. <laughs> you think somebody's going to get some payback. It could happen when you got when you got three physical tracks. Well, two real physical tracks happen, there. Huh? Could. All right. Wishful thinking. You think it's Joey? Not, you not against you're Joey. Wishing? Not against okay. Joey. I love Joey. I think you just said Contact. that. Contact. I think you just said that. You said Joey because you don't think he has a good spotter. What did you just say? <laughs> he said, I wish Joey would get I think Joey's going to win the title, but he's the biggest risk he of said, those top He said, I wish Joey guys. would get paid back some, some of the stuff no. that he's done. He deserves to get crashed. <laughs> I'll say Truex is an answer to your question. Okay. Truex. All right. I'm going to say Brad Kozlowski. Yeah. The, the, the three races are Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol, and so anything can just happen at those tracks, I'm telling you. So, like, you're right. Uh, yeah, Brad, I shouldn't have said Brad. He could go win Darlington. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. And Bristol. I'll stick with it. I said it. Okay, yeah. you've said it. All right. All right. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. Okay, Ross is entering. Ross Chastain. Let's get him in here. All right, there's Ross. There he is. Oh my gosh, we did it! Bring that baby over here. Is it time? You're going to bring a watermelon, aren't you? It's time. (laughs) All right, everybody. Guest today for the Dale Jr. Download, Ross Chastain. Ross, I appreciate you making some time come on our show today how you doing good buddy wish i was there in person i know we do too and um you know you've been on the show before we had a great time uh so we're glad to have you back again i'm that's exciting for me getting return guests uh the reason why you're here man uh we're going to talk about here in a bit but first off you're having an incredible season i mean i know that you are dying to get yourself a win get your team a win they hired you to win races i know that that's running through your brain but 
you are uh, without a doubt, and the numbers don't lie, that you're most consistent driver on the circuit. So where do you sort of net out with all that, uh, with your Xfinity ride with colleague trying to get the win versus now you're going into the playoffs to uh, in a few weeks to to battle for the championship? So are you viciously kind of going after this victory before the playoffs start so you can go ahead and check that box? Uh, because once the playoffs start, you sort of have to go into – into championship mode and, and just, you know, piling up points. What's, what's, the, what's the approach for you? Man, I don't know how to, how to change, to be honest. I've, I've heard guys forever uh, growing up watching this sport talk about points racing and, you know, uh, looking at the bigger picture. But especially now with, with no practice and qualifying, you know, we just, we just get these cars in a race. So for me, it's just about putting together lap time, um, and, and for myself, I feel like I, I try to put like quality high percentage passes and moves together. Now I did not do that, um, this past weekend. Uh, but, um, no, I think once we, you know, down the stretch here, I just try to drive my race car as fast as I can and put it in the best spots, um, and manipulate it as best I can. And that's not going to change a whole lot. Um, you know, I mean, now we have Talladega in our playoffs in the Xfinity series, which is new. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how I'll handle that race. Um, it'll probably depend on the, the point we're at, uh, in the points. Um, you know, last year in the truck series, I was able to get in late, but get in and, and run for a championship. There is my first real, real quality effort. And I got to Talladega in their playoffs in the truck series and I was just like, well, if we crash, we crash. And uh, that was a terrible mistake. I should have been a lot more uh, conscious of the situation I was in. We barely made it through that round uh, because I, I put us in a big hole, so going for the win. So um, probably have to look at that, that race at Talladega a little different. Um, we don't need to be, um, you know, that, that, that high-risk pass at the end. Uh, but other, all the other races, all the downforce races, it's, uh, it, it truly is. I don't really know how I would drive different. How do you look at your career where you are now? I mean, do you are you are you still sort of ch- you know pinching yourself, or is that kind of worn off? And now you're like focused on this path because you you know you sort of got your you might not feel this. It's funny because he will probably feel completely different than the perception that I have of his situation. Like my perception of your situation, and I think this is probably common for most people, is that you're you've kind of finally gotten some roots. In a, re- in a reasonably great race car. I mean, this is a great race team that's grown a lot over the last couple of years. So you're, you're in a winning program, and it appears on the outside that you have some real stability and a sort of understanding of a path, right? Um, but I bet, and I, I'm, I'm going to just guess, that you don't feel that security. You still feel like you're grinding and striving to survive to make a career out of this that you don't you don't trust i guess uh that you have that stability and that but you know you can kind of tell me are you are you less anxious about your future than you might have been a year or two ago uh are you more confident that you that you might you know this might kind of lend you know kind of work out and and lend itself into a 10 20 year career because i remember when we talked on the show you were like I might go home. I might not, you know, this might not work out. I might be doing, doing, you know, back at the family business in Florida one day. Um, 
So where do you feel? How do you feel now? Because it looks stable. It looks secure, and 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 people really see you as one of the bright prospects in our in our business. Well, I'm I'm glad that we are uh, faking it till we make it in a good way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, man, I you know we we are so I you know I mean if we back up and I don't want to get too far down this road because um, it's a it's a tough subject for for me and a lot of people. Um, but the last time I was on your show, right? Um, we we really had the world by the tail, yes. and a lot changed sure. in a short amount of time. You had um, just announced. You had just announced that week the DC Solar sponsorship and the full ride at Ganassi in the Xfinity Series, and then he was on our show mm-hmm. to and 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 you were feeling great. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, I think we we joked about getting getting tattooed, getting the stuff tattooed, and yep. and all that, and 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 even a step further, the day that it you know technically all all happened out out west, uh, Dale, you and I. I mean, it's a day that normally I would have never remembered. I mean, other than you're a great guy and I love eating sushi really, but we went and ate lunch on a Tuesday and, uh, I had you sign two of your books for my grandmother's yep. and it's a day that I'll never forget. Cause that's the day, uh, that the raid actually happened. And I, it had already happened that morning and I didn't know yet. Wow. And here we are eating sushi. And it, I mean, like that's a day that I'll, you know, just, it stands out in your mind. Right. Um, we've all got those, those days for good or bad reasons. And, um, you know, that night got the news of what had happened and, and it all went down, but, you know, we, we made it like we're still here. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Like we, we had to fight, um, you know, and that, that put me, uh, with some different people, um, you know, behind the scenes, we've all have a ton of people that support us. And I kept my, you know, my core group, um, stayed with me. Um, and, and the, you know, even on the front side of the business, you know, the folks at Chip Nasty Racing didn't just, just say, Oh, well too bad. You know, uh, nice knowing you're off state chip and doug Ducart and those guys um found a way to keep me in their in the family and and the folks inspire were a big part of that on the sports and entertainment side and now on the race team side with that coming along um so we all just kept fighting and then you, you bring in nutrient ag solutions right i mean i've got the hat on there's no denying it's a great partnership um you know elliot sadler brett griffin bringing that to me and and, you know, I'd have some really heart to heart conversations with a lot of those people I just mentioned and be like, look, we've, we've got to fight. We've got to figure this out. So um, I never put it past that, that the current situation could change. And, and I don't know how any driver could be too sure these days. Um, but I, I feel like that no matter what, um, we will find a way to keep keep fighting. So, uh, no, I don't feel secure. I don't feel like, you know. I can relax and I don't feel like on the track or off the track. I mean, I, you know, uh, I want this to work so dang bad and I want to be around for a long time. Um, you know, I, I'm not one that I, I don't think I'll, you know, retire early, um, just from, from working. Um, and, and I know that job titles can change and stuff and, and, um, you know, going back to the farm, I, I, I usually say it like it's a bad thing, but it's not, it, yeah. it would be a great, time and a great time with my family so um i'm still involved there as much as i can be from afar and um you know if that if that happens like i'm not afraid to go back and you know i think pocris asked me a week or so ago you know what what do you think next year looks like and i'm like 
And I just hope I'm not farming watermelons. Like, you know, I want to be racing. So listen, not to rehash old painful stuff, but for our listeners, we ought to at least clarify exactly what, what Ross is alluding to uh, that happened a year and a half, two years ago. And that was his sponsor. He had a sponsor that, you know, a full-time deal. We were so upbeat. We were so happy. Dale Jr. Couldn't wait to get him on the show to talk about this. And and we, we just had such a good time. A short time later, uh, the sponsor ran into some legal troubles and federal legal troubles, uh, never recovered. I don't think. In fact, I think there was some news about their, you know, plea bargains and whatnot from three weeks ago, even. So this thing is a still ongoing deal, but obviously the racing deal fell apart and Ross was left after basically being dealt a hand that could win him the, what looked like could win him the uh, poker main event. Now he's on the outside of the, uh, of the tournament, right? Again. And it's interesting, Dale, your perspective of that and, and talking about stability. Cause I would, Ross, I don't know if it's just unlucky. I don't know if you're superstitious. I like you have had a couple times where opportunities look promising and then somehow it, maybe not to the fullest, but you know, the mat gets swiped out from under you a bit. Even you were going to get Newman's ride uh, for, you know, what a couple months as he recovered this year. And, and, and you were in that roush thing, but then the pandemic hits and, and Newman didn't actually end up missing many races when it was all said and told. So it's interesting because, yeah, I, if I'm you, I would be a little skittish on, on getting too optimistic at this point. It's, it's almost like you've been let down a couple times. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I do. I, I keep kind of, you know, my glass is never totally full, um, but it's not empty either, man. I mean, what, how in the world does, I mean, you know, it's terrible that Ryan got hurt at Daytona this year. And, and, you know, that he, the fact that he walked out of that hospital was awesome. Amazing. But, but how in the world, a, an Xfinity, you know, driver for a different manufacturer been Chevrolet and I've been working with him for years, um, you know, exclusively since 2015 and, and off and on before that, but really found a home there and they've really helped me. And, and they, you know, they, you know, on the Xfinity side, it's not like, you know, they're sending us, uh, they're sending us cars back when I'm driving those red cars. And it's not like, you know, they're not sending us a street vehicle to drive. And, and, uh, but we got to go out to, you know, uh, Ron fellows driving school for road course stuff and get, get a few simulator dates along the way for road courses. And then, um, here I am full-time at college racing. I've just ran 77 car for Spire and Chip Nassie racing and Roush Fenway racing with Ford calls me like, and everybody agreed on it. I mean, that, right. That's the most, that's the most besides, I mean, that's the most incredible, you know, behind the scenes with the, the how usually this sport operates, how I understand it to operate, that doesn't happen. And everybody agreed we needed the help. Um, those guys over at Roush Fenway needed help. We needed to help Ryan. And, and I was the guy that they wanted to put in it. Now, if they told me I was the first guy. I don't know if I really was, but we got the deal done where I could drive both cars and, and, um, you know, Xfinity with college racing on Saturdays and the, the, a Chevy and then drive a Ford cup car on Sunday. That's, that's unheard of. That's incredible. So yeah. we just, uh, we just keep fighting through all those scenarios and, and, um, we'll come out on the other side of them. In a, you know, in a really tight sort of short period of time, you've raced for Roush, Spire, been behind the clo- you know, been behind the doors at Chip Ganassi, racing for colleague, Johnny Davis. What are you learning about how all these different companies operate? Because I think fans would be pretty surprised at the culture in each one being so unique, not better, not worse, just different how each company sort of approaches being successful. 
um, you're learning that from a lot of different companies in a really short time. And, and has that really surprised you? I, it kind of surprised me. I thought for the longest time that every race shop's the same. You know, you, you, there's race cars in there and guys that building them. And, and there's what, what could be different, you know. Uh, but there's a, from the top down, you know, from the owner down, there's a real change from shop to shop. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I relate it to a something I, I heard a long time ago, but that there's there's no bad employees, there's just bad bosses, and and I believe that. And like you said, there's not one really any better or worse than the, the next shop, but but you're right. It all it all starts at the top, and you know just how they, you know just just being friendly and and being truly nice to each other, and and yeah, we all have a business. This is a business, right? It's a huge sport, huge, uh, you know, way bigger than just any of us in particular. So for me, I just try to find my spot in each group and just fit in the best I can and, and provide whatever I can provide, right? I mean, I'm a race car driver, but how behind the scenes can we do different programs and can we leverage relationships um, just, just trying to work to make it where I can drive a race car? And, uh, and however, you know, that, that best suits each team. Um, I've, I've always got a lot of ideas and I've got people uh, that have a lot of ideas of how we can move the ball forward. And, and um, you know, just trying to fit into every group, though, is probably the, the biggest thing that I've learned is like you can't I can't walk into the same same group with, you know, the same attitude. You kind of right. got to mold to fit in. And, and um, you know, I feel like as public spokespersons, as we all are, um, you know, we're held to a little bit higher standard and, um, we've got to rise to that, even if it's uncomfortable. I think that, um, you said that you have a hard time kind of understanding how to change your approach to racing when it comes to, you know, going all out, trying to win this race or man, I really need to finish, you know, to get these points. Um, but you have to change quite a bit going from organization to organization because the agenda of each organization is so different, uh, racing for Spire, they have they have a they have a set few things that they really need to accomplish in that event, right? That that and some things that cannot happen in that event, right? Because uh, the smaller teams uh, they can't afford to go for broke and take certain risks. Whereas you know when you're racing for maybe a, you know another team, you know that can you know that can go out there and really put that effort in to go win the race and you know take risks with their race cars and so forth you know, your agenda, the agenda for your race changes. So how do you manage that? I mean, you seem to do that really well. And I think that, you know, we hire, we hire drivers at junior motorsports for that same reason, right? We, 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 I brought Brad Keselowski in here because he was going to finish the race. Take care of the equipment. Yeah. We couldn't learn unless we were finishing. If we were wrecking every, you know, every weekend, we weren't learning nothing building race cars, uh, but how to build good race cars, which we um, had done that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you seem to do that really well when you go from team to team because you do this. You're, you'll race for Spire in Darlington. You'll race for you'll go you'll be in the colleague car with an entirely different agenda the day before. Um, how easy is that, or how hard is that? How challenging challenging is that to finishing? Because Spire needs you to take care of their car, right? right? You you're going to be in a maybe the hardest race to do that Darlington. Uh, that's a very difficult race to finish in one piece. So how does that work? You know, I've never had I, explain that to me. I've never really been in that situation. I've just 
I never had, I could be just completely careless um, (laughs) most of my career. So um, how does that, how do, how do you deal with that? It's tough, man. Um, I I will say that the, the Saturday Xfinity side um, currently, right. With college racing that right, you're right. It's about trophies. Matt colleague wants trophies. Um, You know, we want to lead laps, win stages, win races and, and do that as much as we can. And, and, yeah, we don't want to tear up cars all the way. No team does, but they're willing to let me put the car at risk to do that. And then it, it the the gap to Sunday, right? There's no further distance uh, in the world than that walk from Xfinity to from the Xfinity garage to the Cup garage. And I heard that, and I and I, it's true. It's so true, man. But but getting in the way I did to the Cup series was with Jay Robinson at Premium Motorsports, with two races at Dover in 2017. That's all I did. Now that was scary, but we, we came out of there okay with our first race. And, and then we go into 2018 and 19 just for a little backstory. And I had two almost full years. I think I missed three races in 18 and one race in 19 where I got to be in a cup car every week, but we would qualify around 29th to 33rd. And, you know, I was racing, uh, chasing De Benedetto the first year in 18 and the 32 car. And then I was chasing LaJoy second year in the 32 car that was always our rabbit but as long as we just stayed within one position of them it was a good day and you know it's i had for two years i had jay robinson who owned premium motorsports at the time and he was in my ear throughout the races hey this is a high risk restart we need to just lay back there's only 20 laps to go to the next stage break let's just we're going to keep these same tires on it we're going to just don't go a lap down and sometimes we'd go a lap down so that the guy behind us would not get the free pass to keep them a lap down. So the next run, we didn't have to race hard either. So there was a lot of, uh, oh my God. a lot of wisdom there. Wow. And yeah. That's a lot. And yeah. So I had two years of that in the cup series of just 30th place running, you know, in a good day would be 26th or 25th if with some attrition. Um, but I mean, man, like sometimes our, our goal was to say like a single digit number of laps down at like Darlington, you know, you can easily go six, seven, eight laps down there and, and it'd still be an okay day, but I never wanted to be double digit, like 10 laps down. That's, that's my line. Um, so having that perspective, man, of 10 or two years of doing that, uh, really helps that gap between an Xfinity race on a Saturday and a cup race on Sunday. Now the, the problem I had to be honest was getting in the 77 car with, with Chip Ganassi racing and the six car with Roush Finley racing was, was tough. I knew then, you know, performance was, you know, at the top of the list now and not, you know, not that they want to wreck cars, but, and I would put those cars in just really high risk spots. Like in, and I, I cut a tire down at Vegas, for example, racing on restart, you know, I think we're three or four wide on one of those early or, you know, mid race restarts and, and cut a tire, go lap down, come back out or we're, we're passing when I think I'm catching Boyer in the 14. And I'm, I, we've got our car where I'm running almost wide open in clean air. And I catch him, and I don't anticipate how loose it's going to get. And I spin out and cause a late caution in the cup race. Don't hit anything, but the biggest thing that Jack had told me that week was, you're in this car because you're not going to tear it up. And here I go, cut a tire because I run into the one car, Kurt Busch of all people. Mm. And, <laughs> and, then I, and then I spin out with like, I don't know, 15 laps to go for no reason. I'm not racing anybody. And here I'm trying to run wide open around Vegas and, and I spin out because I get in dirty air. So 
Uh, that's been my biggest struggle is, is performing in the cup series at the level these guys do, but being in control. I, I just, I was not in control in a few of those races and drive it over my head and, you know, I've got to be better next time. So that's, that's been my biggest um, takeaway from this year's cup races in the quality, you know, fast rides and those, those top rides has been, you know, drive a hundred percent, but I've got to be in better control of my race car. Yeah. That was something. Okay. So I'm not saying it's the perfect segue, but I do think that that brings up an opportunity to ask you about Daytona this past weekend. All right. So let's just, let's just, let's all do it. Let's, let's get there. All right. So first of all, uh, the last lap, you're in second. Let's set the table here. This is Mike's idea. Dale Junior's Dale Junior's uh, in the booth, so he's watching and uh, just enjoying the, the amazing race. And your teammate AJ Almendinger's in the lead. And I guess you guys were like that for ten, eight, ten laps or something. I mean, so like you had a chance to sort of in your mind set up how you were going to try to win this race. Now, to your credit. You have always said, "Listen, I'm gonna. You're, you are going to be aggressive. You, everybody knows it. There's no questions that you're going to go try to win that race. There's also no question that AJ's going to try to block because, as he would. All right, take us to the last lap as you take the white flag. What, what's in your head? Oh, man, a lot. But I, as a race car driver does, right? We got to back up a little bit here. I got I got to start with four to go. Is when I okay. I really, I really started um, trying to figure out how I would would do something um you know our kind of thought going into the race and chris rice passes down is like take care of each other till 10 to go i I was my number was four to go i started backing up to the third place car i started seeing what kind of run i could get our our colleague racing cars are so fast man it's super fast it's incredible i mean we can we can turn left turn right uh side right we can do all the things and the cars go right where you point them they don't do anything weird they don't they, they they keep their momentum and uh, that, I mean, obviously fast cars and then three drivers that are really aggressive where we can carve up through the field and we have to restart, uh, not on the front row. So, um, you know, we, we took the white and they were side by side behind me. And I thought we, we, we would lost because I just couldn't get the momentum to my back bumper. I couldn't back up to anybody because they were side by side. So off of two on the final lap, uh, I got the 11, they were backwards in my mind. I thought the 11 and the one car were, were swapped, but 11 was on the top. He comes and gives me a huge shove and almost mm. wrecks us. He actually lifts like halfway down the back stretch when he runs into me. Um, but it gives me the run that I need. And I, I took it. And now I'm back in the race. I'm like, man, we've got a shot. So my whole thought was get to AJ's right rear. Um, I go low to get him down to the yellow line at the end of the back stretch. And then I turn right and I'm too far back. And in my mind, it's going in slow motion. And I just see him go up and I'm like, holy cow, he opened the bottom. Like I never thought he would. Mm. And I'm, I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Like, here I go. Well, it was the ultimate, I mean, the best way I can describe it is like the ultimate sucker hole of all, of all sucker holes. And I, I took the bait. Um, and in my mind, I had a huge opening and I'm going to get in his left rear. And now Justin Haley is going to decide who wins this race because we are going to be side by side and you know, whoever he pushes, we will have a colleague racing car in victory lane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we might bump a little bit side to side coming down the, uh, into the trial. And, uh, and he's, he's left the bottom open for me. And as soon as I thought that here he is blocking. Um, and, and I just wish he would have done it more aggressively. Um, the problem was I took the high risk move to get there. Um, 
you know, I should have just stuck with the top and, and hindsight, Monday morning quarterback, Monday morning race car driver, you can slow it down frame by frame. The hole that I saw was not there at, at all. And I just saw it I, for what I wanted to see it. And, and it was wrong. I thought the hole was there. I did. I th- thought he came down and I thought even his block was a little delayed. I thought he came down a little slow. Uh, that, that was my, my impression. Of course, you, you bring up a good point. We rewind it. We pause it. We slow. You don't have that opportunity, obviously, on the final lap, and you're you're sitting there getting after it, and you're trying to win a race. But uh, Monday morning quarterback is would is something we all have the opportunity to do, but would probably be pretty aggravating, um, you know, if if you're your guys. So, I thought the way you and AJ both handled that after the race was completely classy. I I, I thought that was it said a lot about you both, frankly. Um, well, we're, we're we're truly good friends, and that's the the craziest thing is that. Justin Haley, AJ Elmanier, and myself are all actually friends with each other. Now we don't, you know, we don't hang out that much away from the track, but we truly care about each other, and, and we truly—it's not just teammates; it's it's truly friendship. And that's that's—I've been in a lot of different race teams, not always for a long amount of time, but we all hit it off very early on last year. And um, he's a—he's such a professional. You know, he's done all this so much. And we, you know, Justin and I joke about him being older and he's Uncle AJ. He's, you know, Justin calls him daddy and uh, or calls him his dad. Like it's, it's, they have this weird relationship. And then I'm like the cousin or I don't know, something. I'm, I'm, I'm in the family, but, you know, maybe at an arm's length. And, and, you know, we really do, do care about each other. So it's, um, you know, he's such a professional that when he gets out, he's done the TV side now he can put into words what we're all thinking just in the moment I'm hot. My heart rate is spiked. I'm, I was honestly confused. I got out of the car and, and I watched video back and I just like walked back and forth on pit road, like looking around and I truly was confused as to what just happened. How did I just wreck coming to the checkered flag with my teammate? Like at the end of the day, I wrecked my teammate and that's, that's terrible. I said it in my interview, like this is not going to help me moving forward. I, I know that. I know that now, that was a bad move, and, and I don't know how I'll ever make up for it. Well, you got the rest of the season. Do you look at it like that? You know that you know I got a, I got a little bit of racing before the playoffs start, and you know I'm in position with with the most consistent team uh, to try. To, you know we're going to have an opportunity, a real real opportunity to try to win a championship. So do you put that you know put that behind you and and just try to go deliver uh, what the what the man truly wants? Yeah. That's the only way I, I really can is just get back in the race car. You know, I wish we were racing Darlington on today. You know, yeah. if we were down there, uh, that way I could just put everything out of out of sight, out of mind, and, and just go drive the race car. O'Reilly Auto Parts, man, they are in the business of keeping your car on the road. They offer friendly and helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. You know the jingle? Oh yeah. We're gonna do the jingle at the end of this. Nice. I all can't right? wait for it. Yeah. So listen. Listen to the end. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your car. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, You'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, they're friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts 
are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in store or online stop by o'reilly auto parts today or visit us at o'reillyauto.com that's o'reillyauto.com o'reilly's auto parts Ow. <laughs> <laughs> you better put that in there we mentioned spire and and we've got a car sitting here behind us you're going to run a uh throwback you know darlington is the throwback weekend everybody comes with a great plan and um spire's no different so first off you know explain your relationship with spire and and you don't run every weekend for the team but it seems like whenever whenever they need you your part you, you jump to the you know you jump into the action and and get in there and do the work so talk about your experience with that and and what what you get out of that you're racing full-time in xfinity series but you also get to drive this cup car and i guess if anything you know as a driver you get to stay on top of where the cup series is i know they got mm. a new car coming in in another year or two but i think if you don't run this car then you know the next time you get a cup opportunity you're just kind of way behind and having to play catch up so uh, otherwise i mean you know what do you get out of these one-off sort of racing in the cup series every other week or so well i mean the biggest thing uh, is probably the confidence that a, a cup team you know wants me in their car and and they you know they want to put tires on it and put the best effort they can right i mean peter suspenso is is my one of my heroes he's the crew chief on this car yeah and um you know i mean he's he's what he does with this group and, and pat trison on the 15 with, with brendan uh Ooh, you know what they do in that shop i've watched it over the years i've been there when it was a different race team with Vittori racing and, and now to see how they operate i mean peter he, he doesn't back down from it he doesn't put his cars on the pull down rig they have one in there he didn't he's like i don't need it i i i know what we need to do and i know what packers and what what gaps we need for each track and and you know they really put forth their best effort um and i you know i feel like they really take care of me um so you're right though i mean just keeping up to date being in the garage is just important and and right now with covid if you're not in the car you can't go walk around just have your face i used to do that in the xfinity garage before i was full-time just just walk around and wave to owners wave to and like mark smith back in the day um had a you know before i got to know him just would make sure he always saw my face and uh I eventually got to drive a race for him and that was a, a dream come true so uh, miss that guy but you know it's it's just being there and you're right keeping up on the technical side you know and just trying to be ready and be as prepared as i can be so i'm not the weakest link in a, in a race car that is so true man i've tried to tell drivers sometimes drivers lose their opportunities and i'll tell them like man just go to the garage and be seen and they're like i don't understand what that <laughs> means or why i need mm-hmm. to do that or or that feels weird walking around you know because a driver doesn't it does want, feel weird yeah a driver doesn't want to be anywhere where he doesn't have a role and to go to the gra- go to the garage literally just to be seen feels strange but you're right the next time that owner that sees you in that garage on a regular basis needs somebody you want him to think of you first be the top of his head right? yes yep and if you aren't there being seen showing your face you're going to easily get swept away and forgotten in this sport so that's some great. I, I'll take. I'll say that's advice for anybody else listening. That's kind of maybe where you were several years ago. Um, how to get how to get the opportunities and 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 become 
uh, entrenched in the sport as you are today, that's one of the best ro- uh, best ways to do it is just go to the track and t- take your helmet, take your suit, and be ready. So, Spire, Darlington, talk to us about this paint scheme. Yeah, man. It's, um, you know, I, I haven't actually had many opportunities to do, um, you know, really planned out uh, paint schemes, uh, throwback paint schemes. And this is something that um, was a little touch and go for a little while if we were going to be able to pull it off. But I, I'm glad we are, man. It's um, it's one that I, I'm guessing a lot of people won't remember, and they'll probably have to do some some Googling to fact check to fact check mm-hmm. us on this. But it's uh, you know, there's a reason that that we're here with you today, man. It's uh, it is one of your dad's old schemes. Um, it's, I mean, the like I'm getting kind of goosebumps right now that the fact that I'm going to get to drive a paint scheme. He only drove it once, and it was it was early on in his career. Um, but it, it, it's one that a lot of people might've forgotten. Um, I'm really hoping they would start pulling that cover off while you're looking this way, but, do you want, um, do you want him yeah. uh, you ready for him to show you? You ready to, you ready for everybody to I, see? I guess. Yeah, let's go ahead. Pull the All right. Off. Let's, let's do this. So. <laughs> is this thing sponsored though? Is it, is it, you got a, a, a first time. It is, cup man. So that's the other thing is you we see. have a new sponsor to the cup series. All right. Let's um, see a brand new sponsor. All right, here it is. His cup car for Darlington. Here it comes. The Earnhardt scheme. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Look at the gold leaf on it. What? Dirty Mo Media, too? What? What do you think, Matt? So it's Leah? Look at Matthew. Look at Matthew. Holy (laughs) Oh, sorry. We got a cup car. (laughs) We have a cup car, don't we? Ross, I wish you could see the faces in this room right now. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 I can see Matthews. Can you see yeah. Matthew? Look at Matthew. Matthew, take He's a good look fun. at it. Take your time. Dude, holy look crap. at it. this. And and while you do that, take it in, Ross. Yeah. In Dale, both of you, this paint scheme. When when did Dale Earnhardt run it? Seventy six. Yeah. Nineteen seventy six. It might have been uh, yeah seventy six seventy eight. Yeah. Sometime around then, it, Johnny Ray owned the car, and Dad raced it at Atlanta. Uh, was having a really reasonable uh, top 10 day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Brooks blew an engine in turn, I think, three and four, and was sliding down the track, and Dad came through there and wiped them both out. Dad, Dad ripped the motor from his car, flipped down the, down the banking. There's a couple pictures of the car. but So Dad wrecks the car, destroys it, brings it home to North Carolina. Johnny Ray was... Uh, in Alabama, you know the the, the truck yeah, burn, burn that would drive around Talladega the, with the American flag on the back, the redneck flyby. Yeah. Yep. Johnny, Johnny Ray's, Ray's Johnny truck. Ray. Yeah. So Johnny Ray lives near Alabama Motor Speedway. They destroyed the car. Dad takes it home to North Carolina, and Robert G., my granddaddy and dad, rebuilt it. Uh, this car would be raced by Johnny Rutherford. Eventually, get sold. Several other teams used it. I think before Johnny, b- before Johnny, it might have been a Dagard car. With uh, uh, with Darrell Waltrip, Donnie Allison, uh, because the paint scheme they didn't they just bought the car didn't even change the paint scheme. But um, so you'll recognize that paint scheme through the years from Die Guard, and uh, they had a number seventy seven on it. This car that you're looking at right now has gold leaf mm-hmm. numbers. It's Beautiful NASCARs really relaxed some of the uh, restrictions on numbers, reflective colors, and so forth, and uh, so that. That really sets it off, the gold leaf numbers. 
And uh, it's just such a pretty, beautiful, clean scheme. Thanks uh, to Spire for allowing Dirty Mo Media to be a part of this. And um, look at that shirt. We have a T-shirt. Oh, look that at Ross this shirt. is wearing. <laughs> Holy crap! Yes, that's cool. Now, Ross, I designed this T-shirt. Oh, let's let's talk about this. So, I mean, there's not much to the design, but we wanted no, to keep it clean, simple. Yeah, clean. That's definitely 19 mid 70s design right there. You got a real clean looking car on there. I can't wait to wear mine. It, and, and by the way, I want you guys to know the the T-shirt designing process. Dale Jr. takes that as yeah, seriously yeah. as anything else. Yeah. I'm telling you, it Paint is a high priority. Me and Mike, no Ross, no kidding. <laughs> Me and Mike were up till what hour texting about this T-shirt last night. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we were. So All that's the way to why, last night. Which, which, by the way, and and when he sent, this is so funny. This is this is if you know anything about Dale, let this be it. We've got graphic designers in the house. We got good ones, man. I'm telling you, Ryan Williams, he can design with the best of them. He comes up with some fantastic little designs. I mean, just wait, we're gonna have T-shirts. We're gonna sell them. By the way, DirtyMoMedia.com. You'll be able to buy these shirts. Dale Jr. says, No, 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 no. I got the design. And he comes back <laughs> and he texts us. Well, was it an actual T-shirt that was, yeah. uh, or it was it just it was just a it graphic? Is, yeah. It was a graphic with no care of a car. Uh, and it had no character lines. It basically, the way you could describe it is if you are into cartoons, think of the way South Park does their graphics. That would be this. Like, no, oh character, <laughs> no character lines, just the draw. And, man, if it ain't the cleanest, coolest-looking retro-like T-shirt. Yeah, it's not too busy. It's something you'd wear at a bar, man, yeah, instead take, of those crazy yeah, T-shirts. The, the, car, if you, the car has all the character lines on it. It's too modern of a design to sort of mimic that retro 70s yeah. look, you know. So we stripped all of it down. It's really clean. Plus, yeah, I don't, I, the 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 colors, uh, the red, white, and blue, the D, the the sponsor and all that pop really well with all that stuff gone. So I just want to say, you know, I, thank you, Ross, for number one for driving this car this weekend. You know, we're we I know Spire feels the exact same way, but we here at Dirty Mo Media are so lucky to have a driver your caliber behind the wheel. Amen. And um and I mean that because we we had a lot of conversations of internally about that and we were hoping to get the opportunity to work with you and thanks to spire for coming to us and and us being able to create this quick you know this partnership for this weekend absolutely uh, you know we're a growing business and, and excited about the opportunity to uh you know we got a lot of great things that we're happy to you know we got going on and we got a lot of proud people here that work on this uh work on this podcast and on a lot of things that dirty mode media creates and so this is a great opportunity for us we're very thrilled to be a part of it so um yeah. We just want to, you know, say thank you to Spire and and Ross and and you're our driver, buddy. Yeah, you are our driver. Yeah, man. <laughs> you carry the torch. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a dream come true, man. Um, I mean, just get to, to run in this this cup race at Darlington, well, and carry a, a scheme like this. But this has so many connections deeper than just the the paint scheme with the Ray family. Uh, for me, Kevin Ray, uh, yes. it, his son, is a part of Spire. Uh, is, a, is a part of the family. And was a what's crazy is I actually interviewed with him back when when Tom Deloach had Red Horse Racing in the Truck Series and, and Kevin was the the president I guess uh, I, I don't remember his technical title but I interviewed with him at a another sushi place in Mooresville uh, back in like 2012 and I actually what ordered a hamburger like I, I remember I ordered a hamburger at the sushi place and he just looked at me like world like you want to drive one of our trucks but you don't even order sushi. And, at a sushi and, place. You know, <laughs> at a sushi place. So uh, from there to, to, 
you know, growing, uh, when, when Red Horse, you know, uh, when Tom shut that down to, to having Kevin be, uh, you know, helping on a lot of things. Um, I actually did not ever get to, to meet his dad. Um, uh, but it's just something that, that having this connection to him, um, you know, hopefully he's, he's proud of this as well. And, and, um, you know, it's just, we're just trying to, to fight, man. And we appreciate you guys, um, letting us, letting us do this. And I mean, the simple t-shirt, it's awesome. Um, need to have a few cold ones over it and, yeah. and celebrate this thing. Yeah, oh, it's a great shirt. We're going to try to get some Tyler size made for Isla. And uh, Amy's all, Amy likes the shirts. She, she wants the Tyler size. But I'm, I'm pumped. It's a great-looking shirt. Kevin and me uh, we used to ride th- three-wheelers out at his dad's place in Alabama on that, uh, when we'd go to Talladega race weekends. So me and Kevin used to hang out quite a bit. So we had uh, – I know Kevin really well and – Man, they had a dirt team that would go race over to short track at uh, Talladega. Talladega short track. They had dirt cars. I mean, Kevin's dad yeah. was was they were a cool family. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a tribute to a lot of different people, I guess, in a way. And Johnny passed away yeah. last year. Did we mention that? I think he passed away last year. Um, yeah. And and so uh, no, you're right. That, that there's all kinds of historical connections in this. Um, by the way. I, I, I've caught you guys doing this too, but I keep peering over. I just can't stop looking at it. It's like it's like we're at the maternity ward in the nursery looking at our baby for the first time. You know, we're all just like, look at this. This is so pretty. You know, I mean, this is really how it feels right now. Damn, son. <laughs> Damn. So well, we we tried to keep it, you know, like the simple design. I, I guess with, I mean, it, it's as true as it can be um, with nothing on the hood. But yep. let's talk this about thing that. will have diecast made as well. Oh. So that's. We know that. We know Plan B sales are going to have that. That group is like family to us as well. So you can't see it from here, but they're on the deck lid. Um, they're on the back having, bumper as well. Knowing right now, we're going to have diecast. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have two so. types of diecast. Uh, Joe Mattis made sure that I knew that uh, there was going to be autographed <laughs> diecast and uh, and then the regular diecast. So uh, you guys get ready because y'all be doing some signing. Play. I'm glad you mentioned the hood because when I sent over a scheme, I think it was at the end of last week. Dale Jr. replied to me. He's like, you know, y'all didn't put the logo on the hood. And I'm like, hey, Dale Earnhardt didn't have a logo on his hood. And, and, and so we're not. And I wanted to make sure that if this thing, if, if, we, had a, if we had anything to do with it, we were going to keep this car exactly like it was in 1976. And that's a pet peeve of mine is that people, you know, all do these unveilings and, hey, this is our throwback car. But then they make it look like a billboard and you can't even tell what car they're trying to throw back to. This one, you yeah. know where it came from, straight out of well, 1976. Truth be told, I I wanted to slip Melon Man brand on the hood. And once I, <laughs> as soon as I thought it, I was like, what am I thinking? I can't do that. But we had to keep it simple and keep it true. That's awesome. Well, y'all did an amazing job. Spire, congratulations, man. You have hit a home yes. run. I'm, I'm such a I, – I, I'm such a, a – finicky or or oh, very fi- very judgy about paint schemes oh and really designs. yeah that, i had I no idea that. i can admit that <laughs> and uh you know i don't know if people really want to hear my opinion probably not but i have about i have an opinion about every single throwback that'll be out there this weekend you guys are in the top shelf right here with this one um and i know i'm not you know dad drove the car i'm not being biased this is so well done it looks like the real thing in a, in, on, on a modern sh- on a modern shell. Just so well done. Congratulations on uh, on on a job well done on that. And just look forward to the race, man. I know you got a busy weekend. Again, you know, as a driver, I know how busy you guys are. Y'all are pulled in so many different directions, 
and uh, doing Zoom calls all weekend long for mm. media, for your race team, trying to prepare and think about what you got to do. I know you got two big jobs to do this weekend, one for Colleague, one for Spire. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that race car out on the racetrack. It's going to be beautiful, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. I, I wish I had three. I wish I was running the truck race as well, but two will have to do. And, and uh, I'll sleep sleep good Sunday night. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's the challenge of, of running this this cup car around here and keeping it clean is, is not easy. Um, so I'm looking forward to the challenge. So thank you guys again for, for letting us do this. Well, I know Spire – wouldn't wouldn't want this but if you do actually get you a Darlington stripe and they need to put another side on it I'll take the striped up side uh, <laughs> we'll put it in the yeah. studio, studio I'd, love yeah. to have some, I'd love to have some sheet metal so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go oh the 77 brushes the wall get that door Yippee! <laughs> give me that door spire gets the left we get the right <laughs> hey they all do it oh man. All right, man have fun this weekend thank you ross yeah thanks guys the Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My favorite part of the show is here. That's right. It's Ask Junior brought to you by our friends at Xfinity, podcast partner and premier partner of NASCAR. Let's hear what you guys have sent at Xfinity Racing. First question coming from Graham Wilson. He says, hey guys, love the podcast. I listen while I'm driving my truck here in the Pilbara area of Western Australia. Mm. I bought myself an RV over in the U.S. And once COVID is over and I can get out, what would be the best NASCAR race to watch and camp at? Watching and camping. I'm a you know, Bristol night race. The camping in the uh, the Bristol area is a, a lot of fun. Rolling hills, great campgrounds outside that racetrack. Going to be a lot of people excited to be there. So the atmosphere will be great. And there's, you know, you, you can – you can get around and walk around the campground and sort of see a different vibe as you walk around the circumference of the racetrack outside. Um, and there'll be stages with, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that if we all get back to where we want to be, uh, there'll be a lot going on outside the racetrack that you'll enjoy. And the race, I mean, it's a stadium-like atmosphere. It's it's unlike any other racetrack. With it. There's not another track that I can compare it to. It's kind of like a college, bas- uh, college football stadium style seating and 
Um, for your first race, I mean, uh, I think that Bristol Night race is going to be the one that be the most action-packed. Mike, you got an opinion on that? I mean, hard to argue with that one. Um, as long as we can go, draw the distinction between camping is not on the infield. Like, don't don't camp on the infield uh, anywhere because if you're trying to watch the race, too, he said both of them, camp on the – uh, you know, on the outside of the track, get in the grandstands, watch the race. Yep. Bristol, there's probably not one better. Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. Big, good camping. Yeah. Just can't see much of the race. That's true. Yeah. All right. Next question coming from Nicholas Goldie. He wants to know, what was your favorite throwback scheme that you've ran? Um, he says, I have a few that I like, but my favorite was the Grey Ghost. Love yeah, your show and podcast. Uh, you know, the Grey Ghost was definitely my favorite paint scheme or one of my favorite paint schemes of all time. Um, I, I can't even, I have to think about my throwbacks and which ones we all did. Valvoline. Valvoline one's cool. I guess to be honest with you, all of mine, in my opinion, were like B to B plus. I don't think I ever really had a home run The Xfinity throwback. one? Mm-mm. With the, with the, the, uh. Last year? Two years ago? Last year? Whoa. I can't hear you. The Blue 8? Last year's Darlington Xfinity yeah. oh, race. Oh, Yeah. The, that counts. The degree number uh, eight. I, they all count. They all are throwbacks. But I'm, I'm just saying, all of mine, I never really – they were good. But there's only just a few great, really awesome throwbacks in my mind. There's not – sometimes – I mean, there's not many out there, like, that really nail it, like like this car right here. Um, is in the A bracket. Um, but a lot of the paint schemes that I did, um, where they were, I was happy with them. But I just, I didn't have one that I was like, holy moly, when I saw it. Right? I mean, the Gray Ghost was pretty close. But back then, they wouldn't let us do the reflective numbers, and it was just there's a couple pieces that were just not quite exact, and that's important to me uh, when you nail it. All right, next question coming from Bernard Newton. Uh, Junior, what are your thoughts on Kyle Larson's recent success on the dirt? He's winning all major forms of dirt racing against the best dirt racing competition. Do you think he's headed back to NASCAR? You know, I don't know. He says he wants to come back to NASCAR, and uh, but I don't know why you would want to if you're doing all these things. When he was in NASCAR, he would say, man, I want to be in dirt. I want to <laughs> I want to race dirt for a living, and here he is doing exactly what he wanted to. Is in you know, and and so why would he leave? You know, why would he? He's basically look at all the different types of cars that he's raced. He finally uh, got a super late model dirt car win. Um, First time <clears throat> trying it. Too. Second. Second. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I read. Okay. Yeah, he won his second one out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I just feel like that. I don't know. You know, I guess he want. I guess he feels like he's got some unfinished business, and maybe his tunes changed a little bit about racing in a Cup Series full time. Um, you know, we we'll had to. We tried to get him on the show to, you know, to come out here and talk to us, and we'll see if we can get him. But to answer those questions, but honestly, like when he was in Cup, and when he was in Cup, it was almost like he was. And I, I sort of understand that a little bit because when I was racing in the Cup Series, I would tell. The late model guys like Josh Berry and my drivers, I'm like, look, you're having as much fun as you're ever going to have in racing right now, racing late models. Now, you want to get to the Cup Series. You'd love to have an Xfinity ride and all those things. But the higher you go, the more work it is. The more the more there is to do and there is more. there's more going on outside of dr- the literal driving part, 
where it, you know the fun gets kind of peeled away. Some of those layers um, get peeled away. Racing is always fun, no matter what level you're at. But man, when you get to when you get to go to a short track with your friends and jump in a car and just go out there and race and and you know it's it you're never gonna have as much fun as as you do in those moments so i don't know while he might come to the xfinity while he might come back to cup and he might you know he's certainly got gonna have opportunities i believe to to get back there one day um i don't know that he'll ever have more fun than what he's doing right now in this moment this year so uh um and he can always go back you know to dirt so It'll be interesting. I'd like to know that because I remember when he was in Cup, he's like, man, I just love racing dirt. I want to race dirt. I hope to be a World Outlaw champion and, and racing full-time in the World Outlaws one day. And here he is doing just that very thing. So it's interesting to, to – I didn't think he'd ever come back. I really didn't. I think he'd found he'd, – he'd, he'd sort of landed in this perfect sort of world that he'd imagined in his mind. And so it's interesting to hear that he, he'd, he'd, he'd come back to Cup if he could. All right, that's it for today. Man, that was pretty fast. That seemed to go by really quickly. It was. You know, you know speed always wins. It, it sure does. It speed's good. Yeah, that's why Xfinity XFi keeps me connected. I honestly can't think of a better way to stay up to speed with NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media. Hey, you heard it here, folks. Don't forget, Dale's here every week to answer your questions. So hit us up at Xfinity Racing on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior. For a chance to hear from Dale Jr. himself. And one last thing, thanks to Xfinity for being a premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, Dillner, you got a great odd history for us? All right, Dale. Uh, Darlington, that's where we're headed, is known for being one of the most grueling tracks that can be tough on drivers, even the toughest ones. Neil Bonnet, though, had it tougher than most in 1979. You see, Neil spent much of the Southern 500 in 79. Behind bars, Mike. Oh boy! All right. Oh yeah! This, I can't if you never hear heard this. this one, it's a good one. Both Neil and his longtime friend Bobby Allison had fallen out of the race early. They both hung around for a while until it started raining. The rains caused a red flag. Bobby Allison was, and he was tired of waiting out that delay, so sure. he asked Neil to drive him to the airport in Florence so he could fly back home to Alabama. So they borrowed a van mm-hmm. and headed to the airport. Neil was still in his fire suit driving on Bobby because he planned on coming back to the track and maybe, you know, fill in as a relief driver if needed. <laughs> After successfully dropping Bobby off, Bonnet turned uh, turned on the radio on his way back, and he heard that the rain had stopped, and they were back to green flag racing. In fact, oh. the race was actually still coming to an end, was actually about to come to an end. So Neil put his right foot down, yeah. and he sped back to the track as fast as he could. He wanted to beat the post-race traffic to get inside the track to pick up his wife and kids. That, Mike, is where things got squirreled. I imagine so. While speeding back to Darlington, he encountered a bear. Yep, the blue lights were flashing behind him, and he was pulled over. On the side of the road, pulled over by a cop in his fire suit, he realized, oh no, his wallet was back at the track with his wife. Sure. To boot, he didn't have res- registration <laughs> for the borrowed van. Right. Oh. Neil tried his best to talk his way through it and explain it to the cop but uh, that he had to get back to his wife and kids. But the officer replied, boy, you ain't going nowhere till morning. Damn. <laughs> so he was brought to the jail, put behind bars. He even had his mugshot made. Luckily, after a call with Darlington's then track president, Barney Wallace, 
Bonnet was released from the police station and the charges were dropped. Wow. I have never heard that. Neil Bonnet, man. <laughs> Arrested during the race. Oh, yeah. Now, that's some odd history. And, uh, we, of course, Dale, uh, you always thank NASCAR man for that. We always do. He teases us up to some good ones there. So, uh, let's hit the last call. Last call. Last call. All right. Last call. Show 313 <laughs> is coming to a close. Um, Dale Jr., Download. It's back on TV. Mike, you got the time in the day? Oh, man. Wednesday at 6 p.m. where we belong, boys and girls. That's our normal slot. We're back. The hockey playoffs are not pushing us out. (laughs) Wednesday, 6 p.m. We're happy about that. Blake Shelton is on door bumper clear. Blake was a guest. (laughs) Some good drinking stories. Talked about NASCAR, what he likes, what he doesn't. Talked about his buddy Clint Boyer, obviously. They love each other. He even surprised the boys with a theme song, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> it was hysterical. Yes. Uh, that's available on all major podcast platforms. Blake Shelton, door bumper clear. Got some weird in the news. Beefalo at large. Look out for the beefalo, <laughs> a hybrid cow and bison. Well, one escaped in Connecticut, and it's been wreaking havoc. Police said that the beefalo bull is owned by a Massachusetts farmer. It escaped its pending doom at the very last minute, breaking out of its trailer outside of a meat processing facility. Good for him. (laughs) So it fled slaughter (laughs) on August 3rd, and a few weeks later, it was spotted in town having a beer. (laughs) I'm kidding. A brief capture attempt was called off when the animal displayed aggressive behavior. He put his dukes up. Nice. Uh, he, he knew what's coming. Hey, they saw him out. They saw him out outside the bar shoving somebody. <laughs> yeah, he's being out. aggressive. Starting hey, fight. Right, right. So uh, he got away again, despite a considerable <laughs> effort to find the beefalo. They used drones to go after this guy. Goodness, the crafty beast is still at large. Wow. There you oh, boo winkle. <laughs> He's been looking for the perfect time to pull out that impersonation right there. That's a moose. Maybe it's a moose. It's a (laughs) moosalo. Beefalo. Beefalo's good. Hey, as we close down, I want to remind everybody the t shirts, the die cast of this new paint scheme will be available at dirtymomedia.com, the die cast on planbcells.com. Just be, and I'm even going to make some hats. Screw it. We're making hats, Dale. Let's just do it. Only for the if sake I get of it. To design them. Well, you know, of course, I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to let you do that. Just want the number on there. Thank you, Dale. Thanks, everybody. All right, y'all. Great show. Thanks, Ross, for coming on. Um, excited to see this race car this weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great week. This bit of badassery was badassery. It was made by badassery. Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.